Welcome to Pastor Bill's Classroom. We are in our study of the Corinthian Letters, Lesson 40, entitled, And in the Body Experience, Part 1. Hello, welcome back to our midweek study. We're in the book of 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And uh, we're going to be down in verses 17 through 22 today. Um, studying through the book of 1 Corinthians. Corinthians written because there's a lot of problems in this church, and so Paul is writing to help fix these problems. The last time we were together, we saw, you know, there's just such a many multiple levels. We saw last time we dealt with some improprieties in, in worship, basically, in the Corinthian congregation, namely that the women were uh, not following the norms of the culture, uh, norms of the culture that a woman who was married or who was unavailable, wore a uh, head covering, and or also wore long hair, which is, you know, the women were saying, well, we're free in Christ, we don't have to do that anymore. The problem about it was is that you can't, yeah, you're free in Christ, but our most important purpose in Christ is that we bear a message. And if our practices uh, impede that message, we call stumbling blocks, as it was in the case with these ladies in worship and otherwise, uh, then, then you're throwing out the whole, whole purpose of us being here. The rule of thumb is that, yes, we are free in Christ, but others' consciences and the norms of our culture have to direct us to a certain degree. Because, again, we're not trying to exercise our freedoms ahead of everyone else's freedom to come to know Jesus in an unobstructed way. And so that, of course, was not happening in the church, and Paul is correcting that at the beginning of uh, chapter 11. And it goes on, it wasn't the only issue within the local body. They were having numerous improprieties, if you will, that had to do within their body. Of course, we've seen a lot of those things already here if you've been with our study. And if not, I'd recommend that you go back over some of those things that we've seen here over the past months as we've been studying 1 Corinthians. Uh, but but the, the body was not healthy there. They were the local body of Christ, and yet they were not doing what a normal body you would expect to do. And so we're going to be here beginning in verses 17 through 22. Before we do that, though, let's pray together and ask God's help, uh, blessings upon our study. God, we thank you that uh, you're in charge of the body. Uh, this church, any church, does not belong to us. We get to be privileged to be a part of it. And uh, we have responsibility to, to pass it on to the next person, uh, to, to, have, to, to conduct ourselves in such a way that, rep, that represents you, represents your word. We're not free to do whatever we want, uh, say whatever we want. Instead, we are hemmed in by what your word says. We're hemmed in by conscience and other things. God, I pray you bless our time together. I pray you open our eyes uh, and whatever area they need to be open. Thank you, God. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So let's take a careful look at what's going on here. Let's read our passage first, then we're going to come back and break it down. Uh, verses 17 through 22, again, like I said, there's improprieties in worship in the way these women are conducting themselves, and there's not just the women. I mean, everybody's got issues, but we'll see that here. Verse 17, he says, in giving this instruction, I do not praise you. So he's talking about how they need to conduct themselves and how in, within the churches, he says, but I don't want you to think that, that it's just the ladies that are having an issue here. He says, I don't praise you because you come together not for the better, but for the worse. <laughs> What's the use of church if it's not bettering us? He said, yeah, the message, the purpose of Christ is not being furthered by the church, it's being hindered by the church. You may say, well, that's unusual. That's not unusual. 
People come to church thinking this place belongs to them, this place serves them, uh, they want it their way. Right there, you've got yourself a problem. So immediately, you, you're not adding to the cause of Christ, you're subtracting from it. For in the first place, here goes on in verse 18, you come together as a church, and I hear that the divisions exist among you, and in part I believe it. You're a bunch of immature little brats, that's my interpretation, and can't get along and separate yourselves. Verse 19, for there must also be factions among you. He says, yeah, not that it's necessarily a bad thing. In order, he says, that those who are approved may have become evident. Those who are mature can rise to the top. And those are the ones that need to be in charge. Those are the ones that need to be uh, uh, in responsibility and not those who are immature. Therefore, when you meet together, notice this, it's not the Lord's Supper. So you meet together and you're having the Lord's Supper, but it's not actually the Lord's Supper. And here's this problem. For in your eating, each one takes his own supper first, and one is hungry, another is drunk. you got this, some don't get any, some get too much. What, he says, verse 22, do you not have houses in which to eat and drink, or do you despise the church of God and shame those who have nothing? So they were taking their divisions that were already existent and bringing them inside the church, and sad. What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you? And this I will not praise you. He says, listen, this is not coming together for good. He said you're coming together for evil. So this body was not taking care of its own, and a body that doesn't take care of itself is not healthy. They were not healthy. They clearly were not. Let's, let's take a careful look at what's going on here. Before we do that, a couple of things just to note culturally, uh, maybe different than, than our church, maybe different than the church you're part of, wherever you are. Uh, several things that may be different. First of all, a couple things. Uh, the early church observed the Lord's Supper probably, possibly, almost certainly, every time that they met together. I say that to say in a lot of our churches, we don't do that. We do it here at Island Baptist once a month. Other churches do it quarterly. Other churches do it uh, once a year. Uh, the instruction of the scripture says this, often as you do it, Jesus says, do it in remembrance of me. He doesn't put a stipulation on it, but the early church, uh, most indications, and this church as well, did it every single Sunday, every time they came together. Uh, the early church also, and probably including for the Corinthian church, carried on uh, a very little, if not at all, uh, practice that goes on in churches today. When they came together every Sunday, and they had the Lord's Supper, they had it in conjunction with a full meal. So they would serve a full meal, and in that process, or near the end of that process, they would have this special meal that represented their communion with the Lord. And so they were communing with each other, they were communing with the Lord. I mean, the idea is great. Uh, and we practice that here at our church at different times. Uh, so, so that it was a, a whole process, so that you were physically being fed, and that you were spiritually being fed, at the same time, a great idea, a great practice, nothing wrong with it, just, just uh, you know, if the elements, though, if the people who are involved in it aren't, aren't healthy, then this whole situation, of course, will not be healthy, and that's exactly what was happening here. So, so Jude refers to these, by the way, just so you know, these, uh, these suppers as love feasts. So here, here's an example, Jude, Jude 1, there's only one chapter in Jude. Verse 12, these are spots, he's, in this case, he's speaking of these false teachers who had gotten in among the believers, and false believers among the true believers. These are spots, he said, in your love. So they're attending their church, coming to these fellowships, if you will, 
while they feast with you without fear, serving only themselves. And so you, you would wonder if that's not some of the stuff that's going on here at the Corinthian church, because, man, people are just serving themselves. It certainly is clear. And it may be immaturity, or maybe the fact that they're just really not Christians. Uh, but Jude, again, Jude refers to these suppers at meals slash Lord's Supper as love feasts. These love feasts were, of course, supposed to be, the, like I said, the idea was good, supposed to be, just as the name implies, the time to celebrate unity, brotherhood, the love of God, uh, as demonstrated in our love for each other, all the while feeding our souls, uh, feeding our bodies. Uh, great idea. You recall also in the book of Acts, if you were a part of our study uh, a year ago or more, uh, that many of, of that church would take their own possessions because people were in need within the congregation. They would sell them, they would give the money to the church so that the church could provide. And so it was, it was a way for the church to, to I mean, the, the church was taking care of itself. And these love feasts were sort of a continuation and gave a, an arena where this, this could continue, this kind of, um, among the church members of the body of Christ could take care of itself. I mean, that only makes sense. Bodies take care of themselves, don't they? They heal themselves, they provide for themselves, they feed themselves, uh, they don't divide themselves, and we're going to see lots of issues here. So uh, anything but love, though, on the other hand, was going on being demonstrated here in the Corinthian church. Let's, let's break down some of these verses, just, just, some, just some comments here. I've already made some, but let's, let's make a few more, and, and then we'll get into some of the issues, some of the things. We're going to be, this is going to be a several-part series. We're going to be together over this whole, uh, I've, I've entitled it, a, uh, an in-the-body experience, and this is only part one. We're going to have part two, part three, maybe part four. So, so first of all, verse 17, you're coming together for a harmful reason. It says you're I don't praise you because you come together, not for the better, but for the worse. I mean, the purpose of church, like I said, is that we come together to be encouraged, that we be uplifted, that our burdens are, are divided and quartered. And, ah, but it, he said that's exactly the opposite of what's happening here. Verse 18, they were cliquish. Uh, they were divided. Uh, and he's not shocked at that. In fact, he says, I expect that that should happen given their immaturity so that those who are mature could rise to the top. So, so uh, that's a part of what's happening there. They were dividing the body, though. And so it's, it's like the body of Christ is a self-mutilator. <laughs> wow. Again, this church isn't healthy. Verse 20. Um, how under those circumstances, under that selfishness, that unwillingness to take care of itself, how could they have, not having communion with each other, obviously, how could they in that process, in, that, in the middle of all that, have communion with the Lord? You say, you're not coming together having the Lord's Supper. I know that's what you're calling it. That's not what's happening there. The body doesn't take care of itself, doesn't feed itself, is pretty sick. Let me, let me give you sort of my interpretation, an example of what might have gone on there in any given Sunday. Like I said, every Sunday they're coming together, they're having worship, they're having prayer time, they're having preaching time following that or before that, I don't know. Uh, they would have this meal together and the Lord's Supper would be incorporated into this meal. And so in this process, let's say, for instance, that the Jones family, if that's your last name, I'm not, I'm not attacking you. I'm just, you know, Jones is a name that we pick on a lot, keeping up with the Joneses. Well, no one would want to keep up with this group of Joneses because listen to what they did. So the Joneses come to Love Feast, and they're church members, and they're fairly well off, and uh, they a lot of times would come to the feast early and not wait on anybody. Kind of like, well, you know, 
we have our own food, so we're just going to go ahead and start eating, and they would just hang out with a certain group within the church and really not help anybody else and not wait for anybody else. And whether or not they intended to not share with others because they started early, they were always out early, uh, out of food, that is. And, and, and they were sometimes, Mr. Jones would have a little bit too much wine in that process, get a little loud, get a little even less considerate of others' needs. Can you see how this causes a problem in the church? And then the Smiths show up. The Smiths are the opposite. They couldn't get there early because they're, uh, well, they have jobs every day. And they don't have a lot. And they show up with a little bit that they have. And uh, it's even more demonstrated how different they are from the Joneses. And the Joneses didn't wait for them, didn't provide for them, didn't think about them. I'm not saying the Joneses are necessarily going out and saying we're going to keep it away from them. But listen, if you don't intentionally seek to care for others, whether you did it intentionally or unintentionally, the results are the same. So Paul's not saying they're intentionally doing this. He's just saying you're not being considerate of each other. You're not waiting for each other. And so then under these tense circumstances, and Mr. Jones maybe in the middle of it all, uh, like I said, got a little loud and would say loudly how full he was, and all the more embarrassed those who really didn't have anything. And just this continued to go on. So that's just a, uh, an example of my, what, what might have happened, me reading between the lines here, how to help us understand what's happening under these tense circumstances. They would observe the Lord's Supper. How worshipful was that? Well, it wasn't. It was sad. Uh, this body was ill. And some have described the illnesses of the body of Christ, the church body, by placing them into some interesting categories. I want to give you uh, some of these. Uh, number one, uh, they called uh, one condition church ADD, a body that's easily distracted from the things of the Lord. Instead, flitters from one activity to another with no apparent purpose. You see this a lot in churches. You see this a lot among church members. What are, what are we really here for? Well, they really don't focus on that. Uh, church allergies, the church or those within the church are allergic to certain parts of Scripture to condemn their mindset or their activities. It's an illness in the church. It's an illness that proliferates. Another illness, church arthritis, the inflammation of certain church members toward other church members that slows the progress of the rest of the body. And if you have issues with another church body, get it taken care of. And, and hear me on this. Don't bring it to anybody else. Keep your mouth shut. That's my interpretation of, or my translation of Proverbs, which says, you know, as a fire goes out, when there is no fuel, no wood, no hay, so an argument goes out when there's nobody wagging their tongues. Keep your mouth shut. If you've got a problem with a person, you keep it between you and them. Don't take it anywhere else. Don't talk to other people about it. Again, this is how we get illnesses, spiritual illnesses in the church. Church arthritis, inflammation of the church that, that heeds the progress of the church. Uh, church sterility, uh, sickness that results in no desire to reach the lost. That's a sickness. You have that. Have that. I got in mind several churches right now that suffer from that. Church obesity. Church that only takes in great teaching. You know, nothing like rich food, right? Great teaching of the Word, and yet they don't really practice anything that that Word actually teaches. So a lot of taking in and not much given out, and that equals 
Yeah, spiritual obesity. Church cataracts, this hard to see beyond the blinders of we're fine because we do these certain things. Yeah, but if you look outside these blinders, these cataracts, you ever got them cleared up, you'd see there's so many other things that we're not doing that we're not healthy. So many other needs. The, the Joneses, again, were they coming intentionally to, 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 to spite the Smiths? No. But just cataracts. Can't see. Oh, we're fine. No big deal. Yeah, but there's others in the body who aren't fine. You don't see that. It's a sickness. It's an illness. And these illnesses come as a result of the church allowing toxins from the world into the functions of the body. So here's a question for you. Are you, am I, avenue, an avenue through which toxins are entering into the church? Again, the church is only made up of people. And if the people aren't well, well, then the church won't be well. If you're not well, not practicing wellness yourself, then you bring the world's toxins in to the body of Christ. Or am I, are you, entryways for that kind of teaching, philosophies, practices of the world entering in? Here's some possible toxins, and we've already seen them, but they come up out of this text. Division. It's caused partly by those who are unwilling to set aside their own agendas for the sake of others, or at least not allowing them to be heard correctly. Loudest voice, unfortunately, often rules. But does your voice need to be the loudest? Or maybe if it was, maybe you need to shut up a little bit, excuse me, so that others can be heard. Yeah, voice your opinion, sure. Sure, sure, but then wait your turn to do it again. Causes division. It can. It can. Consumerism. This is a pet peeve of mine. What's in it for me? Attitude. Approaching church the same way they would approach a department store or a restaurant. I'm here to be served. Uh, uh, and if I don't get what I need, well, I'm going to take my family and my business elsewhere. And let me just say, if that is your opinion, you're not willing to get over it, then yeah, you probably need to leave. Yeah, see you. Bye. Because that is toxic to a church. That is toxic. So let me say this, not to say that our needs shouldn't be met in a congregation. Certainly a church is a place where our needs to be met, but our focus shouldn't be on ourselves. It should be, that's the problem in the Corinthian church. They just focus on themselves. They know what they want to do. you got a woman saying, I don't have to wear a head covering anymore because I'm free in Christ. You're just only looking at yourself. You're not looking at the consequences that it causes. Showing up early and eating. Well, we got up there early and we didn't have to, you know, not thinking about the fact that the Smiths got to work all day. And you starting early with all, really all the food, they're left with very little, and yet you're all going to say, yay, let's worship Jesus now, let's have our, our Lord's Supper together, and, and creating animosity in the process. Look, Philippians 2, 3 and 4, what an instructive verse, chapter, passage, sorry. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. How do you do that? Don't focus on yourself. Here's how. Rather in humility, value others above yourselves. Not just on Sunday. Not just at love feasts. Make it a daily practice. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interest of 
others. That's the way church works. You want a good fellowship? That is the way a good fellowship works. That's what, because the body's concerned about others. I'm not concerned about being fed. I'm concerned about the feeding of others. I'm not concerned about being cared for, because I know that I'll be cared for in the process of me caring for others, being others-focused instead of self-focused. Well, I'm not self-focused, but are you others-focused? Well, not so much. Well, then, there's only well, if you're on one or the other. No middle ground. You're either focused on yourself or you're focused on others. If you're not focused on others, well, then we know what the answer is, right? So, so this consumerism, I'm just here to have my needs met. Now, you're going to cause problems. That's a toxin you're bringing into the church. A third thing, independency. I don't need anybody attitude. I'm fine all my Lone Ranger Christians. All by myself. I don't really need anybody. So, so let's go back to the whole illustration of the body. So the hand doesn't think it needs the rest of the body. Is that very smart for that hand? No. The eyeball doesn't think it needs the rest of the body. Is that very smart for that eye? No. No, no part of the body is self-sufficient. We need each other to survive. I'm fine out here. We, we, I find people, you know, not going to church because I'm fine by myself. I mean, just hear me clearly on this. No, you're not. You can't be. The nature of the church is a body. Body cannot be separated from the rest of the body. And if it is very long, it won't be healthy. It won't be. So independency, that's another toxin. Another toxin, I, maybe not a be, best title, but a, best way I can think of it, is pretense. I'll, I'll let anyone, I won't let anyone into my life and my struggles. I, I carry a, the pretense that everything's fine when in fact it's not. That, that's a toxin. Causes problems. It's just on me. I'm just trying to protect myself and no, by nature. I mean, we don't want people to know our true selves, but, but a healthy fellowship is based on openness. Not that you've got to share all your issues with everybody, but there needs to be people, and again, stressing the, the need for a smaller groups. There needs to be a few people that know your business, know how to pray for you, know how to care for you. And here's what happens. As they care for you, which is humiliating, it's humbling. It's humbling for, for people to meet my needs because then it says that I'm needy, but, but in fact I am. We all are. But then now that I've been humbled by that, I am more likely to, because my needs have been met because of my humility, I've now I'm more likely to see others' needs. You see, I, it breeds this, uh, this healthiness, but it becomes toxic when I can't let you into my life. It doesn't just hurt you. It hurts the rest of the congregation. This pretense. Our bonds must be caring. They must be imminent, intimate. But that won't happen when we are not real with each other. We have to be. We have to be. So this church was sick and needed a doctor. And that's what Paul's doing. He's writing this letter. He writes two letters, in fact, to them because they needed outside help. And so he's coming down on them because they needed to hear this. They needed a, a fresh swoop of, of truth washed over them so that these wrong thinkings and practices could be uh, washed out of them. I, you know, the Joneses, the Smiths, none of them were bad people necessarily, but they were certainly conducting themselves in such a way that was given a bad name to Christ. 
That's what happens to us. When, when we don't do it right, the consequences isn't just, well, that just hurts me. No, it hurts the whole congregation, and more importantly, the whole cause of Christ. You don't want to be a part of that. I don't want to be a part of that. Let's ask God to rid us of those things, okay? Let's pray together. God, I thank you that you have saved us, not because we're good people, not because we're mature, not because we have it all together, not because we think right, but because we need all that work, Lord, and you've given us the body of Christ so that together we can grow. Together we can't. You, you take us right where we are, but you don't leave us where we are. We need the encouragement of the body. We, we need the fellowship of the body. We need the admonition of the body. We need the correction of the body. We, we need to, to, to rid ourselves of these toxins as we see those who are were, who were above us practicing good, healthy bodily functions, caring for the body, loving, thinking of others first before you think of yourself, uh, looking out for others. God, I pray that this will be a healthy congregation. Help us to get rid of the toxins of this world that have infected us. I pray that each one that's listening will look at their own lives and say, am I an avenue through which the toxins are coming into the body of Christ? God, deliver me from being an avenue to these things. Help me to grow up into everything that you want me to be so that I can turn around and help those who are growing up behind me. Thank you, God, for loving us. Thank you for this uh, needed message, God. I pray that you continue to lead us, uh, teach us, rid us of the problems that we bring, I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for visiting. Find us at www.islandbaptistchurch.org.